Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. <clears throat> We're glad that you're here with us for worship today. Our hymn of praise this morning is hymn 126, Angels from the Realms of Glory. 126, if you are able, please stand and join in singing. Invite the children to come down for lesson on the steps. <coughs> hey, Miss Georgia. You're my only one today. How about that? That make you feel special? Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah. Yes, you did. Did Daddy have a good Christmas? All right, I want to tell you a story today about a little boy whose name was Jesus. He went with his family on a trip. They went to a town called Jerusalem. And on the way, there were people everywhere. There were so many people. And you know what? His parents lost him. Have you ever been with so many people that your mama just grabs onto you real hard so you don't get lost? They thought he was with his friends, but he wasn't. And they couldn't find him. And they got all the way home before they realized he wasn't with them. And they started looking and they couldn't find him. So they had to go all the way back to Jerusalem. And do you know where they found him? In church, talking to his teachers. 
And they asked him why they didn't, he didn't come with them when they left. And do you know what he said? He said, I want to be in my father's house. And do you know what his father's house is like? It's like this church right here. And Jesus is just like we are, just like you are. He was a little boy, just like you're a little girl. He listened to his parents sometimes or he wouldn't have gotten lost. But he listens to his teachers and his Sunday school teachers. You listen to them every Sunday. And we do things just like Jesus did. And one thing that we do exactly like Jesus do, does is we are right here in God's house, in Jesus' Father's house, where we learn about him every day. We learn that he's right here in our heart and he's going to take care of us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for these children. We thank you for Georgia. We thank you that Jesus was a child and he grew up just like our children are growing up and that through him, they learn. They learn about his love. They learn about things they need to put in their heart and treasure. They listen to their Sunday school teachers and their parents and they know how special Jesus is and how we need to always keep him in our heart and listen. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before I pray this morning, some of you have seen my recent Facebook post and some others as well about a pastor at First Baptist Clemens, Scott Hammett. Am I getting that name right? The last name? Um, his sister was uh, a teacher at Bowling Springs Elementary, and so many in the area may remember her. Julie Gallman was a member here as well. And um, this is a sudden loss for a church family. He was 59 years old. And the next one Sunday, they, they you know, or just, just this last week, they heard that their pastor passed away in an automobile accident. He and his dog were traveling on I-40 coming back to Clemens. And so we want to be in prayer for that grieving and hurting church this morning as they gather. Sunday school was canceled. They're just meeting for worship. And as they grieve his loss, um, they're doing that now as they began at 1030 this morning. So let's remember him and, and this family and church family as they grieve this morning. We also have other concerns within, we have concerns within our church family, and we want to be mindful of many of those names that I would like to mention this morning are Harry McKee, Jerry Green, and Roger Humphreys. And let's remember these and other individuals that are going through um, things at this time. Will you join me now in prayer? Gracious God, we thank you for the celebration, the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, the savior of the world given to each of us, Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, we're grateful that you are with us. Your spirit is with us this morning. We're grateful for Ellen's word to the children and to us as well and for the songs and promotional things that have taken place here today. Father, we pray that everything that we say and do would bring you honor and glory. We meet for no other reason this morning, Lord, than to hear from you. Lord, help us to open up our hearts and our minds. Lord, to ask forgiveness if there's sin that needs to be confessed. And Lord, to steal our to still our spirits. We, we come in the midst of busy time of Christmas and now preparing for a new year. And uh, Lord, we, we certainly need to hear from you. 
We need to hear from you in relationship to our families and to decisions that are upcoming. We need to hear from you about uh, our community and how you would have us to meet needs and respond to people within it. And Father, our world today certainly has its concerns as well. As we think about all the many things we hear on the news and some that simply do, do not make the headlines, Lord, help us as citizens of this world to know how we should respond to the needs that surround us. And Lord, as we move into a new year, as we've helped many with whether it's coats or food at the food pantry or whatever it may be, Lord, help us to continue to be mindful that needs exist throughout the year and not just during the holiday season. Lord, we ask for your blessings on our service this morning. We're grateful, Lord, that uh, through the simple story that we have in Luke chapter two of you uh, being, of your parents missing you there in the temple, Lord, we are reminded that just like Jesus, we are to be about the Father's work. And Lord, that means not only having times of study and times of worship, but Lord, also acts of kindness and acts of service. And so Father, help us to be about your work in the midst of our daily lives. Father, we lift these up to you today whose names we've mentioned and others as well. We do pray for your healing touch and for renewed strength. May they feel your presence as they go through these difficult times. Bless all those who care for them and who help make decisions for their health as well. Father, we thank you for the generosity of our church family. Recently with our missions giving, we continue to pray, Lord, that goals would be met, that missionaries would be funded, and that, Lord, your work and your kingdom would advance, not only here in our community, but throughout our world. God, we love you. Forgive us for when we fall short. And Lord, seek, uh, Lord we seek uh, to, to follow your will in all, in all of our ways. God, we love you. We commit this service to you today. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hymn is number 569, In Christ Alone, 569. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
Join me in prayer this morning. God, we come to you today grateful for a new day, for new opportunities, for new hopes, for new joys. Lord, we come this morning reflecting on 2018. We are grateful for the gifts, the blessings, the encouragements, the relationships that were built and formed and continued over the last year. God, we pray for those who are hurting this morning, those who have found grief and sorrow and pain in the last year. We ask for prayer that you continue to watch over those of us who are in need of special care and love as we reflect on 2018. But God, as we look forward into 2019, may it be a year of new possibilities, of new relationships. And God, most importantly, may it be a new year where we seek to grow in our relationships and our walk with you. As we worship today, may it be pleasing and honoring in your eyes. And Lord, may we now at this time give back as best we can with our money, our time, our talent, and our commitment to you. Lord, I pray that in this coming year that we would truly seek to be your people who love you and love others more than we love ourselves. It's in the name of Jesus that we ask these things. Amen. Inside the unexpected 
you, Lindy. A beautiful song and a, a powerful message. To continue our story that Ellen began this morning with the children's sermon, did a wonderful job there summarizing it. Let's read the, uh, the text in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 41, down through verse 52. This will be in your pew Bible, page 833, or on the screen, or found in your Bible. Luke 2, 41 begins, Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended, they started to return. The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, why were you searching for me? 
Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. And then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. May God add his blessing to the reading and the preaching of his word this morning. Did you have a good Christmas? I hope so. Uh, did you get what you wanted? I didn't, I didn't have these on my list, but uh, some of you on Facebook see, saw this. I got a package of coal for Christmas. That's not good for a pastor, people. It's just not. And then my son saw these creative beard ornaments uh, at Belks or somewhere, and so it, it just, it wasn't a pretty Facebook picture, I'll tell you that. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, I, I, like I said, I didn't have a list, but if I did, that, those would not have been on it. Um, but my family was kind, were, they were kind to me in other ways. They gave me a new tie and some other things. And most of all, again, we had that, that, that wonderful time together. We did go to Dad's uh, in Hendersonville uh, on Saturday and spent the day up there. And we'll be going back there this week to take down Christmas decorations that I put up about a month ago. But uh, we gave Dad one of those 
special devices that some of you that are appearing in some of your homes, you know what I'm talking about? A Google Home. Some of you may call it an Echo or a Dot or whatever it is, but you know, it's not enough that we can't talk to other people. Now we're talking to these machines, you know? And so I, what I told dad was, I said, dad, this is from Kim and I, my sister. I said, I want you to open it up and I want you to tell me what it is. He opened it up. <laughs> he said, I don't have a clue. <laughs> he said, I don't know what this is. So we informed him, this could be your new friend. They said, you know, you, it's, it's a device, you, you hook it up to your Wi-Fi and you talk into it. You can ask it questions. He likes to keep up with the stock or with the weather or with other things. And so um, it, was, it was great. And we had a lot of fun with it that night. We, we were asking it uh, all kinds of silly questions. I think we were starting to get on dad's nerves. But we, uh, we, we finally said, uh, okay, Google, can you make me a sandwich? And it went do, 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 do for a few minutes. And then it said, poof, you're a sandwich. So we had a lot of fun looking up some silly questions to ask it on the, on the internet while we're you know, doing all this. And so I called dad the next day and I said, dad, how, how's it going? Do you like your new Google home? He said, well, he said last night, it kept making this chirping noise like a cricket. And finally I just went in there and unplugged it. I said, well, dad, you, you could have said, okay, Google stop. And it probably would have stopped. He said, well, I just unplugged it. I said, well, okay, that'll work. And then the next day we talked again. I said, how, how are things going? I asked it like it's a new relationship, you know? Um, I said, dad, how are things going with the Google Home? And he said, well, fine. He said, I plugged it back in. Everything's working fine. He said, I think I told it good night and it thought it needed to play me some good night music. So it started playing the crickets. Um, but I, I say all that to say this. Have you seen the new um, uh, Google Home commercial. It stars Macaulay Culkin, you know, famous for the Home Alone, and he's advertising Google Home. And so he's jumping on the bed. He's reenacting some of the scenes from the movie uh, Home Alone from 1989, I believe it was. Great movie. And he's jumping on the bed, and he's like, "Google, remind me to wash these sheets tomorrow." And he's so he's he's doing all these things. He's controlling the people that are moving around in the house to deter the criminals outside. You know, he's doing all this through Google. He's answering the pizza delivery guy with his Google Home on the video screen and all this technology. You know. Uh, but do you remember the, the plot about Home Alone? This is where I'm going. You remember the plot? You know, the family's getting ready for Christmas. Uh, uh, Kevin, was that his name? Had been bad the night before, whatever. They made him go sleep in the attic. They're getting aggravated with him. It's just Christmas, emotions are high. And so he's up in the attic. The family gets ready. He's oversleeping. The family gets ready. They're out the door to go to Paris. They're in the airport. And it's not until they're over the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when they realize that they left Kevin. You remember that? And the question that we may ask, and we have to buy into this in order to believe in the movie and for it to be interesting, the question, how in the world could something like this ever happen? You may ask. It seems far-fetched, but you have to believe it, in, in, again, in order for the film to work. As we think about today's passage of scripture, and if we were to ask the same question to Mary and to Joseph, how in the world could something like this happen? You may sense Mary and Joseph kind of just looking down, maybe rocking back and forth a little bit, they might not have a good answer as to how they could let something like this happen. They did, after all, take, um, take off from Jerusalem after they had been there for the Passover without their boy, okay? The worst, they took off without God's boy. And does it, does it get any worse than to be entrusted with the holy and beloved son of God and then to now not know where he is? Um, talk about a bad day. This has got to be the textbook de you know, definition of a bad day. You're responsible for God and you lose him. I mean, that's what happens here, okay? They're, they're in Jerusalem, they leave, they don't know where he is. 
it's not a good day for Mary and Joseph. We've just put them up on a, on a, you know, lifted them high over these last few weeks, but this is not looking good here. And as any parent knows, <laughs> there is no panic like the panic that rises when your child goes missing. Am I right? Um, and an example that I can remember from years ago that involves this uh, elephant creature that I just brought here and, and sit right here, but Renee, Renee was, oh, sorry, guy. Uh, excuse me, his name is Francois, by the way. Uh, but uh, Renee, was, Renee was in Old Navy in the Haynes Mall in Winston-Salem, and Aiden really wanted this little elephant right here. Let me hold it up. It's not little, it's kind of a big elephant. But Aiden really wanted this, and you know, as a mom around Christmas time, and your son really wants something, she, so it's like down in the bin, and he like saw it down in there, and so Renee's digging for it, she looked down, and she was only doing this for a few seconds, and then she looked up, no Aiden. And she immediately started yelling out his name and she thought she was going to have to ask him to close the store down. Nobody's coming in or out. We've got to find, or she's got to find Aiden. I wasn't there. She's got to find Aiden. But then just within a few seconds, she heard a giggle from behind a, a train or something. It was a train or name, something that was there, a what? A truck that was there in old Navy, some kind of thing they had. And she hears, she hears a giggle. And then of course, you know, and everybody comes and, oh, I'm glad you found him. And this whole thing took like 30 seconds. Uh, but yet the panic that a parent can have, some of you know what I'm talking about. Um, some of you with multiple children know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you with hyperactive children know what I'm talking about on a weekly basis. Um, you have to, you know, keep up with them. But uh, it, it can certainly prove um, problematic. The narrative at the end of Luke chapter two leads us to believe that Mary thought that Jesus was with Joseph. And we, we could read this into the story, that Joseph thought Jesus was with Mary and both of them probably assumed that he's just with some cousins or with some other people traveling along in this caravan. We don't need to be too worried about it right now. But as the day went on, uh, no one saw him at breakfast and that's okay. No one saw him at lunch. Well, he's just again with the other people. He's with Mary and or Joseph, you know, Mary thought he's with Joseph and it, it was okay. But all the kids around dinner time still know Jesus and now they're starting to get ready for bed and they kind of realize and the kids are starting to go back to their parents now at this point, probably in the caravan. And they're realizing that we still don't know where Jesus is. And so the next day they traveled back. They had spent a day's journey traveling away from Jerusalem now. They were there for the Passover which all Jews were required if within 20 miles to go. If you were further than that, then you were supposed to at least go once in your lifetime uh, to, the, to the Passover. And so it was a very festive atmosphere and they're getting caught up in, in, in all of this. But think about what we have just read previously in chapter one, now through chapter two. We've had um, angel visitations. We've had miraculous pronouncements that we've read about throughout the month of, of December. Song lyrics about Mary. We call it Mary's song, I believe it is reminiscent of what um, uh, Samuel's mom uh, prayed there in 1 Samuel. And above all, we have the birth of the Savior of the world. If we read the beginning of, of all of Luke 1 and, and the beginning of Luke chapter 2, that's what we read. But yet it all comes in for a conclusion here at the, in Luke chapter 2. We have a lost child, a panic, panicked parents, and a frantic search. And the whole thing started with angels and ends with paging for a lost child on the PA system at Walmart, Okay. They don't know where Jesus is. It takes them a total of three whole days to locate him. Again, it took one day to get back to Jerusalem from the traveling, but that still meant there were two whole days of panic, 48 hours of further anxiety. I can't imagine what this did for a parent. Most of you know that just even five minutes of not knowing, or even a few seconds sometimes of not knowing where your child is can lead to fury, just lead to, lead to panic. 
Also in Luke chapter two, Mary and Joseph spend 48 hours before finally tumbling to the idea that just maybe they should check the temple. Do you think? Um, I can't imagine he'd be there. They must, they must have said that to each other, but we're running out of likely places, so let's check. And for his part, Jesus is merely confused. The temple was the first place they should have looked. As it turns out, Jesus was not exactly home alone, but he was at home in God's house in the temple. His parents don't really understand what's going on. Emotions are high. They're dealing with a combination of intense relief and a little post-traumatic stress to try to be able to sort all these things out. But when they found Jesus, scripture doesn't tell us that he was the main teacher there in the temple, that he was leading all the discussions. What it does say in verse 46 is that he was listening to them and he was asking them questions. Asking questions would have been normal for a young Jewish boy. Jesus was eager to learn, eager to gain knowledge and grow. There's a few key phrases in this passage that we may miss with a quick reading. A key phrase in this dialogue between Mary and, and Jesus. Mary says, your father and I have been searching for you. Okay, so Mary sees Jesus. She's mixed emotions. She says, your father and I have been searching for you. Jesus says, did you not realize that you would find me in my father's house about my father's work, my father's business, my father's interest? All of these words could be appropriate for this setting. And see how Jesus takes the title of father from Joseph and gives it to God. Mary said, your father and I have been looking for you. And then immediately Jesus says, did you not know that I would be in my father's house? Verse 48 reads that Mary was astonished. And again, amazed later it says, but then it says greatly distressed, great anxiety, uh, grief, sorrow, torment is, is the way that that could be translated. And for parents in the room, this scene is all too familiar. Your child maybe has been out, they haven't communicated, especially if they're an older teenager now and they haven't communicated with you for several hours. They were, they were due to be home at 10, 11 p.m. and no word from them. You call them on their cell phone and you're not getting an answer. Do you call the police? What do you do? And then later you find out that they were doing something good for someone. Maybe, they, maybe someone was stranded on the side of the road and they were out helping them and they left their phone in the car. And so when you finally get to talk to them, you don't know if you wanna punish them or hug them. You know, there's these mixed emotions. And I imagine with Mary and Joseph, when they finally found Jesus in the temple, I mean, what do you do as parents? You know, your son went to the temple and he's sitting among the scholars and the rabbis and you're furious. I mean, it's been three days now. And so I imagine that these mixed emotions were present in the life of Mary and Joseph. But when we think about Jesus's life, I believe there was a point at which Jesus was more clearly that, that Jesus more clearly discovered his own unique relationship with God. Some could argue it could have been right before this time, or, but I, I would say that it was right around this period, this season of Jesus's life, that Jesus began to discover his own unique relationship with, with God the Father. Jesus was concluding that he was not like the other men. He was beginning to own, I guess you will, in a sense, who he was and how he came into the world and who he, what he was created to do and who he was created to be. The commentator Barclay says, here we have the day Jesus discovered who he was. The thing is, this discovery did not make him proud. It did not make him look down on his humble parents, but instead he was obedient to them. For when his parents found him, 
he followed them. The scripture says that very clearly and was obedient to them as responding to their authority and went back, back to Nazareth and back to his hometown with him. This passage is a supremely important passage in the gospel story. This story fits well with the Sunday after Christmas. After all the tinsel and all the glitter and all the decorations and all the fanfare that we have both within society and, and at times within our church to make this season so special, this story has a way of helping things come back down to earth a little bit. And isn't that what we need? Isn't that what Jesus did? It's, we watch God's drama of salvation unfold quietly and steadily. We come back down to earth because that is what God's son did too. He came down to earth in order to redeem the same earth and all the lives that we lead here. I've titled today's sermon, The Family Business. Jesus being the son of God was about his father's work. When you look it up in the Greek, and again, other translations say business. Uh, you could say interest, his father's affairs, if you will. In verse 49, translated again different ways and each translation is appropriate. The great news is that if we have to put our faith in Jesus, scripture tells us that we are also children of God if we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.26, Paul said, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Paul also said in Romans 8.15, as he's writing to the church in Rome, he says, we have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God and if children heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Church, as believers in Jesus Christ, as children of God, we are also to be about the father's business. This doesn't mean money, but what it does mean is we are to be about the father's work. We are to be about the father's affairs. We are to be about the priorities of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we look at his life, what made him tick? What, what were the important things to Jesus? When he say he is, when, when Jesus said, I am about my father's business, didn't you know that I would be about my father's business? If we are also now children of God, that same business is our business. Amen? That same work, that same priority, those same acts of love, those same acts of service are now our business. If Jesus was about the Father's work, and if again, if we are children of God, adopted into the family, then that makes us family, and that makes his business our business, no matter what your business may be, a fireman, insurance salesman, healthcare worker, work in the factory, the plant, whatever, teacher, professor, whatever it may be, we all have the same business, we all have the same work, and we all should have the same interest as that of our Father. As we conclude another year of 2018, there's been a lot of good and there's been a lot of difficult and painful times. And as we look forward to 2019, we, like Jesus, must be about our Father's business, the Father's work, the Father's affairs, and the Father's interest. As children of God, we are to be about the family business. What does that look like? I just want to mention some things real quick. It, it, it could mean trusting him instead of being so self-reliant. It could mean letting his spirit guide and direct our decisions more in 2019. It could mean spending time with him in personal worship, devotion, and prayer. And as Jesus teaches us, family business involves listening and asking questions. Do you remember that? Jesus said, I'm here about my father's business. Well, what do we know he was doing as he was about his father's business? He was listening and he was asking questions. Something I think we often forget and something that I certainly 
often forget as well. Listening is, is something we learn to do better, I think, as we age. Mary and Jesus remind us that the Father's work is not easy. It was difficult for Mary and Joseph. Verse 52, as we conclude, reads, Jesus increased in wisdom and in years, stature and in divine and human favor. As we move into a new year and as we pursue the Father's work and witness in 2019, may this that was said of Jesus also be said of us who are in the family of God, that you and I, that we are increasing in wisdom and favor with God and with people. Are you about the Father's work? And do you have the family interest in mind? That family interest being co-heirs with Christ and his work and his witness in our world today? First of all, have you been adopted as one of the children of God? If you haven't, I would love more than anything to talk with you about that during our time of invitation. But if you have been adopted, if you are a child of God, are your interest, is your work, your affairs, your um, business, if you will, that of Christ? As we move into a new year, let's be sure that we start it the way he would want us to. Let's make sure that our priorities and that our interests are in line with his. And let's be a part of the family business together. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for your spirit that's at work in our lives. We thank you that you did send your only son, knowing our own uh, faults and foibles and, and imperfections, Lord, you sent him anyway to die for my sins and the sins of those here and, and the sins of the world. And Lord, we're grateful for the humanity and the divinity that is wrapped up in the Christmas story. And we see all of those as we look into chapters one and two of Luke and in other places throughout our scripture. Lord, we're thankful that you knew us and you sent your son anyway. Your love that has been referenced throughout this service today is unspeakable, it's unimaginable, it's um, incomprehensible at times. But Lord, we know that it is there and we feel that spirit of God this morning. And Lord, my hope and prayer is that there are for any that are here today that Lord have not been adopted into your kingdom that through faith and through a simple trust in you and in your son that they would put their faith and trust in you. Lord, if there are others here who have done that and, and they are seeking to grow in their faith, Lord, I pray that we would each be open to how you are working and how you are moving in our hearts and in our lives. 2018 for many in the room has had its share of difficulties. And Lord, we know 2019 will not be free of them as well. But Lord, as we move forward, help us to be about your work in the midst of the good times in the midst of the bad. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you desire membership at Bowling Springs Baptist, I would be delighted to talk with you about that as well. Let's stand and sing together. Hymn number uh, 132, It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. Let's stand and sing.